0: Before we got, like, the more relaxed, you know, Sena? Yeah. Now we have these tables. Mm-hmm.
1: They're they marble, don't... fake.
0: <laughs> because
1: we're fake marbles. <laughs> There's marbles everywhere. We're not actually dead. That's why we're the fake marble forest. <laughs> here hi we're doing a podcast
0: we've been recording for
1: two minutes a while welcome to the marble forest podcast with i'm amber with me amber and i'm jesse and that's matt matt's here our friend matt he's here (laughs) because steven is off being a viking a viking yeah he's setting shit on fire in the middle pillaging villages I don't think he's doing much (laughs) Viking-esque stuff. He's dressed like one. He is, and he's outside in February. We just had an ice storm. February in Michigan. We just had an ice storm two days ago. What is the temperature? Cold. At least here right now. Cold. Cold. Too cold for someone to be outside. Steven, you idiot.
0: It is... Just kidding. It
1: sounds like really a lot of fun, but you know. Yeah. Also cold. It's currently 20 degrees. Ew. I hate the cold. Fahrenheit. What's the real feel? What? Oh, I... You have to check the real feel. You can't just <laughs> check the actual temperature. Oh, I'm sorry. You have to scroll down. Uninformed. The real feel is 12 degrees. Oh, okay.
0: Look at this little camp this campsite. Who's camping in the real feel of 10
1: degrees? Not me. <laughs> but yeah we have matt here he came to visit and hang out and observe us while we record we're like putting on a show for him yeah it's such a fantastic show it's
0: kind of like an npr station it's
1: kind of like (laughs) an npr i don't really know if people watch people do npr it's kind of it has to be recorded now yeah well on tiktok is C. whipper
0: the Whipper guy. Oh, yeah, I love him. The Runfair Whipper guy. I love he him. He does NPR readings on
1: his off de- off time. I'd listen to him. Oh, yeah. But also, we're sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're behind. And that's my fault. And I'm so sorry. I was dying. I was just sick. And I had no voice. And I was so congested. I sounded like I was talking through a balloon. A balloon? I don't know, I feel like if you were talking through a balloon, like...
0: Like if you're putting the balloon up to your face and trying to speak through
1: through the balloon. (laughs) Not, like, heliuming the balloon. No. But, like, I just shoved a balloon up to my face and was like, Hi, guys, how are you? (laughs) (laughs) So,
0: hopefully, um, we can get this shit back on track, uh, starting tomorrow. Sorry,
1: that's my Um, bad.
0: I am free in the morning, so I think I can do it. I'm dead serious. <laughs> Matt Matt looked at me like, Are you sure? You got yeah. this, Jesse. You I'm got this. I'm pretty sure Matt.
1: We're recording this the night before it comes <laughs> out. <laughs> pretty much the night before it comes out. It comes out in tomorrow over tomorrow night. What time is it? Ten. It comes out in twenty six hours. Okay. Well, we got this. We got it. I do nothing but moral support for Jesse getting it done. Yay. <laughs> yeah, that's my bad. I'm sorry. It's late. Um, anything exciting? No. Should we talk about that? We're going to go camping? Oh, yeah. We are going to go camping. And we're going to go to the Mothman Museum?
0: We're going to go to the Mothman Museum. Yes, we're finally going to go to the Mothman Museum. You will definitely catch all of the shenanigans of our trip. It's going to happen in sometime in April. Yes. A few um, episodes from now. A few episodes from now but uh we are going to go to the mothman museum and uh tennessee i'm Kentucky, so, tennessee i'm excited ohio you know we got to drive through all of those fucking states you know <laughs> i know oh my god Ohio, oh, Ohio.
1: but i've never we been don't to have tennessee. ohio listeners so this is okay right now yeah it's probably <laughs> none of my friends from ohio listen to our podcast so how rude i know i should egg their houses i've never been to tennessee neither have I well I was apparently when I was a, a little baby child you're gonna say a wee lad <laughs> no a little baby child <laughs> I've been to Kentucky because I have family in Kentucky but I've never been to Tennessee but I'm looking forward to I think that'll be really fun our adventures will be so exciting I'm so looking forward yeah, to yeah I need still a vacation deciding, I'm still deciding whether we're
0: doing a two night down or a one night down okay
1: because costs I'm like along hotel for the room rides, costs. So.
0: because did you know how expensive it is to bring a dog into a hotel? It is ridiculous. Some hotels charge 100 bucks additional to the nightly fee. Uh, Jesus. To bring your dog into that goddamn hotel? Rude. <laughs> so we're looking for the cheapest options. I'm fine with doing to one bring night. Theo to bring Theo down. Yeah, I'm fine it with doing It would be one night. it would be a It would be a Saturday, Sunday, literally chalk-packed, filled
1: with activities and driving. It's fine. All right. Let's do it. And then if we decide partway through that we're like, we can't do this anymore. Like, we need another hotel room night. Yeah, we could do that. We could do that. Well, that was weird. We lost power. (laughs) We lost power in the middle of our intro talking. Yeah, our intro talking. Like there, like we said earlier, there was ice storms like really recently and everyone is out of power right now. So
0: yeah, there is a lot of power issues in the area. So they probably just turned it off to
1: do something. And now it's back. Hopefully. Um. Do you want to drive on in? There was something else I wanted to say. Okay. I
0: can't remember it because the power <laughs> and I got really distracted. I guess we'll just drive in.
1: Drive on in. Drive in. Drive Here. On. Flip oh. the coin, Matt. Matt, you're the honorary flipper. It's Jesse first. Oh, it's me.
0: And as you remember from a month ago <laughs> This is Mount Everest part two. Part two. Was it a month? It was like Technically this released a month ago. My bad. <laughs> I was sick. Because we release on a bi weekly schedule and technically we missed we... a week. Or yeah, bi week, yeah. Ah, yeah.
1: oh, damn.
0: But if you were listening to our Patreon it has still been releasing consistently.
1: Yeah, our Patreon was still good. Yeah. Which uh quick sidebar before we get into Jesse's story, check out our Patreon. There are some really funny stories on there right now. There are. I really enjoy them. I love the stories on our Patreon. They are shorter episodes, but like I we definitely believe it's worth it. Oh yeah. They're funny. They're good episodes, too. And we try to do good episodes for Patreon, too, so you're not just getting, like, the cast-off episodes. No, it's, like, a, it's a standard episode,
0: just in a one-story format. Yeah, they're they're fun. They're fun. You'll, you'll like them, probably. Probably. <laughs> so I haven't reread this in, like, a month.
1: Okay, that's fine. Jump onto it. This is well, well. classic us. <laughs>
0: classic, classic us. So what I'm going to do, as we all know, this is Mount Everest Part 2. Again, I'm going to preface this, that the story is about death that occurred on the mountain and falls into the macabre realm of things when there is nothing that people can do to remove the bodies from the mountain. Frozen in time and in tattered clothes, those bodies remain as totems for those who still continue to trek up to the summit as reminders of how easily you can fall victim to the same fate. And I'm going to give a quick replay since okay. apparently now it's been a month. So I'm really glad I put this replay in here. Well, thank you for the replay, Jessie. <laughs> um, of the beginning of last week's episode. So as we know, Mount Everest, oh, last, last week's episode, last, last month's. month's episode. Uh, Mount Everest is the Earth's highest mountain located at an elevation of 29,000 feet above sea level. Wow, I can't pronounce words today. (laughs) Located in the Himalayas, on the border of China and Nepal is the summit across the summit point. The common cruising altitude for most commercial airlines is around 35,000 to 36,000 feet in the air. But that is a pressurized system and oxygen supported. Mm -hmm. There are two main climbing routes. One is from the southeast in Nepal, which is now known as the standard route, north route in Tibet the risks of climbing remember do you remember the risks of climbing that you can experience is altitude sickness unpredicted weather wind as well as significant hazards as well as the kumbu ice fall
1: i remember that yes
0: and that is still considered the most dangerous part yeah the safest time to cross is before sunrise when the ice is still partially frozen from the nighttime cold and less able to move since it is a glacier, makes sense. The most dangerous time is mid to late afternoon. And the official first summit of the Nepal route, so the Southeast route, was in 1953 by Tenzig Norway and Edmund Hillary. And from the Tibet side, the first successful summit was in 1960 by a Chinese mountaineering team of three. We're now, recapped. We're recapped. That is it. Ta da! I did it. Ta-da! Do we have like a good recap noise?
1: Like did do No, but I will cut that and I will put that in for that's, the recap noise. That's the now recap noise forever. Yeah, yeah forever. I hate it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry if everyone listening to the podcast.
0: <laughs> Alright. So now we are going to begin talking about some of the more popular deaths that had occurred on the mountain. Deaths that had a lot of information provided to us. Okay. So the first woman to perish was a German national on Mount Everest. Remember how to pronounce this? Was Hanna Schmatz. In 1979, she loved to climb and was accompanied by her husband, German? No, not German. Gerhard. Gerhard. Gerard. Gerard. Wow. Gerard Schmatz. Gerard. You- it <laughs> felt weird. It felt weird. It is okay. Okay, but it's still Gerard. It looks like Gerhard. Gerhard, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> the group hiked to the twenty-six thousand two hundred feet, but a blizzard hit and forced them to descend back to base three. It took days for the storm to pass, and they finally got back on track up the mountain. They split into two groups. And they began their climb. And the husband and wife were split between those two groups. So they were in two different groups. Yes. Okay. The husband's group made it to the summit first at 2 p.m. And he became the oldest person to reach the summit at 50 years old. Oh, good for him. They descended uh, the mountain and arrived safely at the camp at 7 p.m. And his wife's group was setting up to begin their own descent.
1: So were they like...
0: Taking turns
1: going up is what it sounds like.
0: Yes. I I don't know the specific reason
1: why they were taking turns. Maybe um, it was like safer to go with less people at a time. Yeah.
0: Because based yeah. on the rest of this story, because I'm I'm remembering it now, it was very treacherous. Mm-hmm. So since her husband was just up there, he warned his wife of the more dangerous conditions than they expected. And but she was committed to climbing the summit as well. Okay. Maybe uh, along the lines of if my husband can do it, I can do it still. Okay. You know, it that was like the vibe that I get from the story.
1: <laughs> well, it's like I've already gotten this far. Exactly. You're like,
0: I think they're at base camp four, right? Mm-hmm. So they're like right in that final stretch of of the summit. So though she was committed... She still listened to him and tried to stay at the camp until around 5 a.m. So instead of going up in the, the, the like the late afternoon, she she stayed the rest of the night in the camp and left with her team to try to summit at 5 a.m. Okay. While she went up, her husband began to descend to base 3
1: due to the weather conditions increasingly getting worse. Oh, so it was probably not a great plan to wait if the weather is getting worse anyway.
0: It would either be at that point in time that she needs to go and summit quickly or descend with him. Yeah. I, I, I think. You know? So I guess she was like, well, I'm already up here. You know? <laughs> so at about 6 p.m., he received news over the expedition's walkie-talkie communications that his wife has made it to the summit uh, with her, her group. But the way back down had become extremely dangerous and Hanalore... And the American climber, Ray Gennett, became too exhausted to continue. They wanted to stop and set up a bivac camp, like a, a, like not like a standard base camp, but like mm-hmm. a sheltered outcropping, before continuing their descent. The Sherpas warned against this decision uh, since they were in the middle of the so-called death zone. Oh, Oh, you remember we talked about that? We talked about the death zone. Yeah. (laughs) It's pretty much anything from base camp four to the summit and back. Yeah. So, but I also gave you a little helpful hint. The death zone is where the oxygen is so thin it robs climbers of the ability to breathe around 24,000 feet and above. Okay. And it's also called the death zone because many bodies uh, still remain in this area. But Ray had reached his breaking point. So, the American uh, mountaineer guy that she was with, he reached his breaking point and stayed, leading to his death of hypothermia. The story sounds like he may have passed away before they even left Ray's side. So, he sat down and pretty much froze to death very quickly. She and the two Sherpas continued. way down but her body began showing signs of hypothermia as well and she began to decline according to the Sherpa who was with her her last words were water water that's as she sat down to rest herself she died there resting against her backpack her corpse stayed in that very spot mummified by the extreme cold on the path of many Everest climbers
1: Oh, is it still there? Is her body still there? Yes. Because like I know that a lot are still there, but some are kind of, you know. I have a photo at the end of this. I, I know that for a
0: fact. So she's still wearing her climbing gear and clothing. Her eyes remained open. Oh. Um, and her hair fluttered in the wind. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I know. Other climbers began referring to her Seeming peacefully posed body as the German woman, a Norwegian mountaineer and expedition leader Arne ness Jr., who successfully submitted Everest in 1985, described his encounter with the corpse. I can't escape the sinister guard approximately 100 meters above Camp 4. She sits leaning against her pack as if taking a short break. A woman with her eyes open and her hair waving in each gust of wind. Hmm. It's the corpse of Hanalore Schmatz, a wife of the leader of the 1979 German expedition. She summited, but died descending. Yet it feels like if she follows me with her eyes as I pass her. Oh, jeez, wow. Her presence reminds me that we are here on the conditions of the mountain. I know that's a
1: that's a great way to look at that because it is all about the weather conditions. And
0: yeah. And as I like referred it to, like in my little beginning blurb of the episode, um, the bodies are like totems are like literal reminders of what could happen to you. Right. If you're not careful enough. So this is her body.
1: Oh, wow. Her hair is... In this photo, her hair is gone. Yeah. Well, it, um, it would have gone at some point. But yeah, she's just sitting. Yeah.
0: She's just sitting there, leaning down against the backpack. So most of her hair is gone, but her at, at one point in time, as we've seen in past photos, her skin was very preserved until... A, the elements mm-hmm. have have taken
1: over on Which it. still took a while because of the freezing temperatures and everything. Yeah. Like the guy they found 75
0: years later. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so. so a Sherpa and the
0: Poly's police inspector tried to recover her body in 1984. But both men fell to their death. After that attempt, the mountain eventually took her body by a gust of wind that pushed her body over the cliffside. And it has not been seen since. Her body? Yeah. Was
1: pushed off the cliffside? By wind. By wind?
0: Yes. Oh, wow. And no one has seen it since.
1: That's crazy. Yeah. Where did it go? (laughs) Uh,
0: Apparently places that we cannot go. You know? Because there's a lot... Like, as we spoke, there's a lot of places, like, we can't get a helicopter... We can't helicopter people out on top of Mount Everest, you know? So I'm assuming it's still... We can't go on an expedition in places unknown because it's still a very
1: dangerous thing to just find corpses. Right. That's crazy. So her body is no longer where she originally was. Yes. Okay.
0: So that photo was before she was blown off. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Unless someone found her. And we don't know about it. They just posted it to the internet and, I read, and read it. So now we have the most famous death okay. on Mount Everest, and she is known as the Sleeping Beauty. Oh, Frances de Stefano,
1: That sounds like a last name. Can I look at it? Yes, Francis de Stefano, I would say Ar- arsentive Yeah. Arsenteev looks right yeah close enough. So her and her husband
0: Sergey uh were set to climb the mountain in 1998. but the night before their 11 year old son Paul de Stefano woke up from a terrible nightmare. In it he had seen two climbers stuck on a mountain trapped in a sea of whiteness and unable to escape the snow that seemed to be almost attacking them.
1: Oh that's eerie I know right. That's really eerie. His el- he their, had some Final Destination shit. Their eleven-year-old son.
0: Yes. That. Yeah. He immediately called his mother because they're already, they're already in like Nepal. Yeah. You know, they're like getting ready to like start their trek up Mount Everest, and their son calls them, being like, "Please don't do this."
1: So, the backstory on that though is probably so horrifying for like, the family to look back on. Yeah. So he
0: immediately called his mother to tell her of the dream that he had had. And it was no coincidence that he had had this nightmare the night before his mother was due to leave on the expedition of Mount Everest. But his mother brushed off his fears, mm-hmm. um, however, and insisted she was going to forward, go forward with her trip, telling her young son, I have to do this. She was not actually an experienced climber, but her husband was a famous mountaineer.
1: Okay. So she was like, oh, my husband can do it, so I might as well try. He'll keep me alive. Yeah. So
0: Sergei Arsenteev, who was known as the Snow Leopard, for having scaled the five highest peaks in Russia. Okay. Together, the couple decided that they would make history by reaching the summit without supplemental oxygen. Oh. In 1998.
1: That's stupid.
0: They arrived at the Everest base camp in May of 1998. They made their first attempt on May 20th. They had to turn around as their headlamps failed. Oh. The next day, they started their second attempt, but had to turn around after only 50 to 100 meters. Oh, they didn't get very far. Yes. Okay. Which sort of seems like fate. You know, trying to prevent them from not fucking doing it. Yeah. Why did Why did they turn around for their second trip, does it say? I don't know. Okay. I, I did, did not... Either I didn't investigate further or I couldn't find that information. Okay. But the third time they tried, they were able to summit Mount Everest successfully. Frances became the first American woman to reach Mount Everest without supplemental oxygen... Though, with all of the challenges, including the bad weather, they had to prolong their stay on the mountain, and they had stayed above 800 meters for three days, which sounds to me like they were stuck at a camp for days with lack of oxygen. Yeah. So, due to weather? Yeah. Okay. So, like, it was unsafe for them to travel past, like, certain base camps, but they're doing this without oxygen, like right. supplemental oxygen. So if the air is so thin up there, eventually you're probably going to start to feel the effects of the lack of oxygen. Right.
1: Uh, There's only really so much like quote unquote training you can do for that. Like, Yeah. Especially in the 90s. <laughs> especially in the 90s.
0: They even got separated in their journey, like Sergey and Francis. Francis got stuck along the trail, whereas Sergei was able to return to base camp successfully. He waited for a couple of hours for Francis, though she still did not return to the base camp. Then Sergei went back for her with oxygen. An Uzbek team that was also on an expedition to Mount Everest found her in a half-conscious state. She was in a weak state from the lack of oxygen and frostbite, they tried to help her, and in, they even carried her some distance down the mountain. But they were unable to continue due to the fact that it could risk their own life at a certain point in time. Another climbing couple, Ian Ian Woodall and Kathy O'Dowell, came across Frances first mistaking her as a the first frozen body to come across. So they, they thought she was already dead. Oh, okay. So, like, they, they're going up there in thinking, oh, yeah, we're, we are definitely going to see bodies that we come across. right? So they had mistaken her already for dead. Wow. Until her body spasmed uh, when they realized that she was still alive. After they approached her to see if they could help her, the couple recognized the purple clad uh, climber who had be- been in their tent for tea at the base camp. By the time they found her, she was only able to repeat three phrases Don't leave me. Why are you doing this to me? I am American.
1: Those are some weird phrases to be able to repeat. Yes. Like, don't leave me makes sense because she's on a mountain trying to descend and dying. And dying. I'm American. Maybe, you know you know the Mar-
0: American way, right? Yeah, maybe. We're
1: American, save us. <laughs> but the other one.
0: Uh, the other one, why are you doing this to me? Yeah. Because she's already had a group of people who have walked away from her, who have helped her partially down the hill and oh, left. Oh,
1: that makes sense. They started carrying her down. Yeah. And then left her.
0: Yeah. The couple realized that although she was still conscious, she wasn't actually speaking only repeating the same th- same three things on like an autopilot or like stuck on a record kind of thing. Oh wow. She had already just succumbed to frostbite, which rather than distorted her face with blotchy redness had turned her skin hard and white. Oh wow. The effect gave her a gave her smooth features of like a wax figure and led Odal to remark that she looked like sleeping beauty. Fearing for their own lives, they abandoned her as the conditions were becoming dangerous. And Sergey's remains, he also had passed away, were found the following year. So he passed away on the trek to... Back up to try to find her. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, because he tried
1: to go back up with oxygen.
0: Yeah. So I don't know what happened to him. It sounded like he had tried to go up by himself. Yeah. To be completely honest with you. In 2007... Haunted by the image of a dying woman, Ian Woodall, the last person to find her alive, led an expedition to give her a more dignified burial. He and his team managed to locate the body, wrap her in an American flag and move the sleeping the sleeping beauty far away from where cameras could find her. So, I have the two photos, the one before they moved her body and then
1: the photo of Wrapping her in the American flag. Oh, wow. Okay. So she just like was laying, Just they just left her there. They yeah. just laid her down and were like, okay.
0: Yeah, they just sort of moved her off the path. Yeah. And then like laid an American flag over her. That is the story of Francis de Stefano so the sleeping so... beauty on Mount Everest. As you can tell, those stories actually lasted a pretty long time. Yeah. So I only used those two stories for this last episode of the podcast, uh, the, the, the like the part two of the podcast. Yeah. There are many, many, many more stories that I could use to tell on the podcast. There is the story, I can't remember his name specifically, but I did when we first recorded this, that he had, there was this man who was sort of a hero on the mountain who had saved someone's life, but ended up losing his life yeah. later down the mountain. So there there are many, many stories that you can look up online. The stories that I spoke about are probably the most famous stories. They're very easily readable. Readable? Readable. They're, in, in the first episode... Three Over 300 people had died on Mount Everest. I think it was like in, by the, maybe, let, let's just say 2010 because I don't remember the specific date. Yeah. And only about one third of those bodies have been recovered or have been lost on the mountain.
1: Others still remain. I am not going to climb Mount Everest. Yeah. I told you that last time. I'm stating it again. Yeah. Here for the world to hear. Yeah. Um, I'm not doing it. You're not doing it. So don't even try to convince me. So I already said no. Yeah. The end. The end. That's good, though. That's awesome. I would definitely be interested in hearing about a lot of those. Well,
0: I guess maybe in the future I can pull more. Yeah. You know, they're very easy to find. Um, I could pull more and we can possibly talk about them on the Patreon which would be a reason to come to the patreon, yeah, um, all right, your turn
1: <laughs> well, wow, was not that great? gonna go a little less dark and sad. Is that okay? That's fine. I think I'm glad I went first. Okay, great. I'm gonna talk about a cryptid. yay, cryptids. Let's play our favorite game show. okay. Game. we need like game show music. we do need game show music.
0: and needs to sound like that whammy show.
1: What is it that? Don't use that. Hold on. Wah, wah, wah. That's Hold not a good on. game show. That's like bad, like, oh, you lose will, will game we get show. we
0: copyrighted for this?
1: Yes, yeah, 100%. <laughs> I literally put in here, my notes say, cue game show music, preferably ad-libbed by Steven. <laughs> <laughs> Replacement Steven, would
0: you like to ad-lib some... No? Okay. We're going to just need... Steven. No, non copyrighted game show music.
1: Yeah. <laughs> There's my game show music. Do you like it? It's perfect. Perfect. All right. Let's play our favorite game show. Guess that! Cryptid! Yay! Everyone's clapping! Woo! What's happening, Mom? Oh, hi, Theo. Sniff, sniff into microphone. <laughs> All right. This Greek on Guess That, cryptid. This creature is said to have yellow eyes. Yellow eyes. A dog-like muzzle. A dog-like muzzle? Blue fur. Blue? Blue. <laughs> blue fur? <laughs> blue fur. Sharp teeth. Okay. And leathery bat wings that span up to 15 feet.
0: Wait, whoa. <laughs> that, 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 that... That's a lot. Hold on. I was thinking, like, Yeti until you threw the bat
1: wings in. <laughs> in addition, he's about nine feet tall. Does the Yeti have bat wings? No. <laughs> um. He,
0: like, so he's dog-like but stands on his hind legs? I didn't
1: give you that description. I'm asking for clarification. Supposedly, yes. He's on his hind legs and i didn't say he was dog like just had a dog like muzzle the dog man no of ohio it's michigan but i should cover that one day it's in michigan this cryptids in michigan No, the michigan dog man oh yeah
0: Um, i thought it was in ohio
1: (laughs) my bad it's not that all right what did i lose trebek $5 payable right now to me. Yeah! Oh. <laughs> okay, so if what I described to you, what if I told you it's an ape-like creature with bat wings? The flying monkeys from Wizard of Oz. That's it. it are you serious? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but wouldn't that be I'm sick?
0: <laughs> um,
1: so this week we're going to talk about bat-squatch. bat squatch. Oh. Bat. <laughs> You told me about it. I did tell you about bats. <laughs> I, I was did terribly. <laughs> I was so ready for you to be like, "Oh, it's bat squash," and I was like, "Jesse, you don't even know who bat squash is." I had a whole Hold plan. On. Ready?
0: We rewind it.
1: All right. Is it
0: bat squash? Oh my god, Jesse, how'd you know? I don't
1: know. I just had this feeling. It sounded like a Sasquatch, but it had bad wings. So it must be bad Squatch. <laughs> All right. Are you ready? Do you need like five breaths? Yes. Let's take a Zen moment. Now everyone <laughs> listening to the podcast. This is our zen moment. Jesse will not be zen, but I'll be zen for us all. Breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. Five times now. (laughs) You (laughs) ready? Well, I'm good already. All right. All right. Wow, this is a banger of a second half of an episode. I've already gotten it revved up. All right. And ready to go. So... Bat Squatch rumors of it started circulation in around 1970s with an outbreak of sightings in the Rio Grande Valley of Texas. Okay. On January 7th, a Brownsville man named Alverco Guajardo is probably what Matt just said to me. I'm pretty sure you repeated it just exactly like I'm he said. i amazing. Um so he heard something slam into his trailer and when he went out to confront the culprit he claimed to have seen he claimed to be face to face with a bird but not a bird like something from this planet
0: So bat squatch looks like a bird
1: Bat squatch evolves and we're going to get oh, into this Oh it's like this. a pokemon Yeah Um so if we've... you feed it enough berries and give it <laughs> enough attention <laughs> So when sightings first start happening of bat Squash, a lot of people are just describe it more bird-like because they're like quick sightings. Okay. Because it's
0: flying around like Mothman before disaster.
1: Yeah. Okay. Sure. So on January 14th, so just seven days later in 1967, a man named in Raymondville, Armando Grimaldo, he claimed to be attacked in his front yard by a creature that had primate and bat-like features and leathery wings. Armando said that you are
0: just attacked and you just like live through a nine foot tall fucking bat dog thing. Bats, bat horrifying thing. Nine foot tall, uh, a nine foot tall Theo
1: with bat wings. Yep, that's terrifying. Honestly,
0: that would be so cute. <laughs> I'm like
1: terrifying. You're like
0: cute. I'm gonna make Theo bat squatch for Halloween. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> And and pretty much I'm just going to give him bat wings and be like, he's bat squash.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So Armando said that when he stepped outside to enjoy the night, he heard the papery flapping noise above him and felt a strange draft. By the time he looked up, he was grabbed by the monster. Yeah. uh, Papery. 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 Like a notebook. So by the time he looked up, he was grabbed by the monster and he fought to break himself free. He immediately reported the attack to his to the police. His neighbors were able to corroborate his claims because the back of his jacket and shirt had been torn up, seemingly by talons. Ooh, but like in
0: in reality, like like think of like the American eagle, but it is nine feet tall, right? Sure, but bat like, but an ape like, ape like, yeah. An ape-like eagle. But I'm thinking, like, talons, like yeah. an American eagle.
1: Yeah, sure. Like a bald big eagle. talons. Yeah. Flow- yeah. So after this attack, his story went 1970s viral. Oh, ni- 1970s viral. Yeah, newspaper reports went uh, yeah. wild. <laughs> and people started to not let their kids outside because they were afraid the creature would attack them. The media lashed on to calling this creature Big Bird. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, so this is just like, so it's blue. So it's blue Big Bird.
1: We had goth Big bird, bird a couple weeks it's, ago. It's sad bird now. Oh, but we had goth Big Bird a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Now we have blue Big Bird. Yeah. Sad Bird. It's blue. He's feeling blue. A month after these sightings in February 1976, brothers John and David, da- Um, John was 23. David was 21. Okay. At the time of this. They had their own sighting. David was driving, so the younger one was driving, and they were on their way to work at a local manufacturing company. They took their usual route. The road had been, it was kind of surrounded by like open fields. And all of a sudden, David and John looked up ahead, and there was something standing in the middle of the road. Okay. So they're driving down this road. Was its wings expended? I'll tell you. Because that would take up like
0: an entire road. Because, like, if it's nine feet tall, the, the wingspan is nine feet,
1: right? I think it's longer than nine feet.
0: Well, I think standard is, like, the same as your height. Same as the height of... The...
1: I don't know what standard no, wingspan
0: is. Is it double? Double. Because each... Wait. Matt? What's standard
1: wingspan height? Will you look it up? Is it equal to the height or double the height? Like it's double. So I feel like they'll talk about, like, a creature being... X big with a 50 foot wingspan or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's a huge wingspan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A fucking dragon.
0: Most people's wingspan is equivalent to their height.
1: Okay, Jesse was right. Yeah. Good job, Jesse. <clears throat> but what about in birds? <laughs> Most birds' wingspans <laughs> well, are seven times bigger than their height. Discussing is called aspect ratio. Okay. So a comparison of their height versus their width. And some of them,
0: some of the ratios can be 1.5.
1: Okay. So one and a half. Yeah. To 18. Oh. Oh. Huge. 18 times longer. So, yeah. So, it could feet. have a 50-foot wingspan. <laughs> I could
0: have a 50-foot wingspan. So, it's def- the, the wingspan is definitely taking up the entire road.
1: Oh, obviously. Obviously. Okay. So, David said he slowed the car down since it wouldn't move. The brother saw that the creature appeared to be eight to ten feet tall with glowing red eyes the massive creature had bat like wings and it took three to four steps towards the car okay then as the men were feeling like terrified they're like holy crap this thing's walking towards our car it flew over the car so it walked with its bird feet towards it took three to four steps and then it took off flying with its bird feet though. Yeah. So it click has... it, it clicked
0: clacked down the track. It, with its little bat
1: feet. It has little bat feet. I'm the bird feet. Okay. Well do bats have, bats have claws too? Yeah. They're like bird feet, right? Right now they're still calling it big bird or bat squatch. I'm not really sure. Anyway. <laughs> John recalled seeing the huge red eyes looking down at them as he flew as it flew over ahead. They were convinced that no one would believe them, so they never spoke about the encounter, even to each other. So,
0: you told me it had yellow eyes. hmm
1: Does it only have red eyes when it rages? Yep. Okay. It's raging. Raging. I think it, maybe it's, you know, the reflection of night. Like, car lights and eyes make animals' eyes appear red. Oh, yeah. Demons. Uh, they told their story on monsters and mysteries of Amer- in America. Oh, I like that show. I love that show. I keep getting stories from it. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> uh, so... A flying monster attacked the same year in Hidalgo County. A young boy named Danny and their his father Manuel were hunting. They climbed into a tree stand and waited for a deer. After after a few hours, a deer arrived. Manuel nudged his son to shoot at the deer, but Danny couldn't do it. When Manuel went to go take the shot, his rifle jammed. Okay. And the deer ran off. So Manuel looked back at his son to ask him why he didn't take the shot, and it was Bat Squatch instead of his son. <laughs> <laughs> um, that would be more wild than this, <laughs> but it's still wild. Um, while he so he like turns back to ask his son like why didn't you take the shot, and as Danny is like about to like talk to his father, he's startled to see his father f- suddenly be pulled to his feet and lifted out of the tree stand. Before he could respond to whatever his dad was saying, he's like, whoop, sucked out of there. Is he lost forever? No. Okay. He saw his father in the talons of an enormous flying humanoid, flapping its wings and trying to lift his father out of the tree stand. His father was too fat to lift out (laughs) of the tree stand? He was heavy. Danny, without thinking, stood up, aimed the rifle at the creature's eye, and took the shot. Oh. Then he hit his dad instead. No. No.
0: Sorry, that's dark.
1: (laughs) The creature howled in pain, released his father, and flew off screeching in pain. His father, like, fell on the ground, too. Like, not, like, back in the tree stand.
0: Like, pretty much from a tree stand. People's tree stands are, like, 20 to 30 feet in a tree. Yeah. So, like, if the the bat squatch is keeping him slightly above that tree stand to lift him out of the tree stand, you're thinking maybe, like, let's say Top's 40-foot drop to the ground. Yeah.
1: He's he's dead. He's at least injured. So the creature wouldn't stop being called Big Bird until 1994, when it would start being known as Bat Squatch. Um, so as we know,
0: cryptids. Is it only because of Sesame Street? No, because Sesame Street was like, i um, excuse you. No, cease and assist. <laughs>
1: that would be funny. So as we know, cryptids kind of as they change, their like names can change, and these are the most. The, one of the most significant theories about bat Batsquatch happened in the 1980s. And this is before it's... So this one's a little weird because this is, is called like bat Batsquatch in this s- instance. And I think they kind of morphed into each other. Okay. Here. So this happened in the 1980s eruption of Mount St. Helens in Washington. Oh. At... On 1237 on March 27th. In 1980, the top of Mount St. Helen exploded. An eruption sent a 10,000-foot plume of ash into the air, scattering debris as far as the Bend to the south and Spokane to the north. Okay. March 27th would prove to be a dramatic beginning to a string of activity from Mount St. Helen. Earthquakes, further eruptions, and lightning storms raged through that area for months. All of these events accumulated on May 18th, when a magnitude 5.1 earthquake triggered part of the volcano into the largest landslide in recorded history. An avalanche of rocks moving at 115 miles per hour poured over the land, covering regions in 600 feet of stone. Deep? I don't know if it's deep or like a span of 600 feet. The corresponding eruptions... column rose er, 80,000 feet into the air, burying the surrounding area in 2.5 inches of ash. This time, particles traveled far further, with half of an inch of ash spreading across the area from New Mexico to Minnesota. Wow. So the 1980 eruption of Mount St. Helen was the most destructive volcanic activity in the continental U.S. since 1915. 57 people were killed, with hundreds left displaced or like their lives were forever changed. Yeah. In the midst of all the chaos of this, stories began to emerge of a strange winged beast seen flying around the eruption site. It's n- and it's Bat Squatch, not Mothman? Yeah, <laughs> it says Bat Squatch. Okay. Witnesses described an ape like body with large leathery bat wings and a pair of red glowing eyes. So despite the abundance of you're sightings, you're like describing Mothman to me. Like I, they're very similar, right? Like, yeah. So despite the abundance of sighting, there's no so, concrete encounters with the beast in 14 years past before the first close encounter was reported. So Bat Squatch is West Coast, Mothman is East Coast. That's the difference. That's the difference. West Coast, East Coast. One's a moth, one's a bat. Well, yeah. We've, Duh. we've cracked the code. Duh. Do you we think crack- they're rivals? Like they're rival sport teams? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they battle it out in the Midwest. <laughs> <I> <laughs> for dominance. That. Yeah, perfect. So on April 1994, so this is when he really started being called Batsquatch, Brian Canfield was driving home one night through the backwoods of Pierce County, Washington. He was miles from any civilization when suddenly his car stalled out. Hmm. Canfield tried to get the engine to start again, but his pickup truck refused to start. He was on the verge of getting out to take a closer look when something swooped across the headlights. At first, he assumed it must have been some sort of large bird. Yeah. His hand was on the door handle when the monster landed on the vehicle's hood. Hmm. Canfield described the creature as standing nine feet tall with bat face and wings attached to a blue furred humanoid body. He noted that the large fangs in the creature's mouth and glowing red eyes. That there were large fangs. So,
0: like, it landed on the hood of his car and
1: stood straight up, not staring him in the eyes, crouched down? I mean, he's nine foot tall. Like, if you, how would you say, like, oh, that crouched guy on my hood is nine feet tall? Yeah, because, like, he he lands on your hood, and now you have
0: to, like, l- try to, like, lean forward and, like, look up through the windshield to see how actually fucking tall it is. <laughs> Because all you pretty much see is its feet and its knees, Unless it's right? like
1: six-foot friend Jimmy just recently crouched on his hood and he's like, oh, that guy's way bigger than Jimmy. Yeah, we were just having some fun man shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> man shenanigans? Will you please put man shenanigans as a title for this <laughs>
0: oh. <laughs> i love that i don't know how to spell shenanigans i do
1: so here is what canfield reported in an interview to the news tribune of tacoma washington in 1994 it's a little expert ex excerpt okay Word. Expert. it's an expert <laughs> it was standing there staring at me like it was resting like it didn't know It what was on to the think. hood of my car. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is this rock? <laughs> it moves. I was scared. It raised the hairs on me. I didn't feel threatened. I just felt out of place. It looked right at me in a deep stare, like right through me. It was standing perfectly still. It stood for how long? A few minutes, several minutes. Then its fingers twitched and its bat wings began to unfold. Those wings were wide as the road. It turned its head and looked back at me, started flapping its wings. A few minutes later, the truck started and I took off as fast as I could. Batsquatch stopped his car. He that- has electromagnetic he abilities. has the ability to stop and start your car whenever the fuck he wanted. He needed a place to sit down. His wings were tired. But, like, also, he's still nine
0: feet tall, and, I, and he's, like, he stared directly into my eyeballs, and I'm, like, are you,
1: like... <laughs> he actually, that's like... That's why I was, like, leaning over, being, like... I'm, like, is he, like, leaning over, or, like, are you just, like... So, what happened was he was standing directly straight up at first. Yeah. Then he got into a crouch position, and then he's, like, I want to stare into this guy's eyes, and I, like, might have a crush on him. So, he laid on his tummy and kicked his feet up and, like, was looking at him, like, oh, all cutesy. I, oh. <laughs> Be like, hey, mister, what's up? (laughs) What are you doing this fine evening? Kicking his little feet and just, like, batting his eyelashes. That's why he got a good look at his
0: eyes.
1: Yeah. C.R. Roberts of the News Tribune interviewed Brian Canfield on his experience with the creature and would later publish an article detailing his story. Uh, Using Canfield's description, Roberts would be the first to dub the sighting Cited monstrosity bat squatch due to the combination of bat features with the already popular legend of Sasquatch. Okay. Brian's story would Brian's story would spread due to the article across the Pacific Northwest. As a result, more locals would step forward with their own sightings of bat squatch. One local liquor store owner, Butch Whitaker, claimed to see bat squatch during a midday flight in his personal plane over the the area. Oh.
0: You know, and just oh, what is out? I don't it. I don't know. Is it like the right side or is it like the port side <laughs> or like <laughs> for planes? starboard side? I don't know. Is it boat? Is it boat things?
1: No, they're different. <laughs> probably, probably. He was he was flying his plane over the same area that Canfield had been driving in. Okay. Uh, according to him, Batsquatch had flown. Just bes- taking a lunchtime flight, you know. <laughs> and Batsquatch was just flew beside him for several minutes before
0: turning and disappearing from view. Hey, there was this one time I was on my jet ski on the lake and I flew next to a duck.
1: Oh, that's it. the same thing. I know, right? <laughs> you flew next I to a flew duck? next
0: to the duck. <laughs> Jesse sprouted wings. I, I jetted next to the duck. <laughs> I tried to touch it, and then it flew away. Oh, Jesse. <laughs> in
1: 1998, an anonymous trucker hauling logs in northern Oregon claimed to have hit Bath Squatch. Oh. The trucker encountered... His encounter contrasted Canfield's original account because he described the creature as 15 foot tall. Oh. With a purple nose, eyes, and tiny wings. Wait. <laughs>
0: <laughs> 15 feet tall. Tiny wings. Purple.
1: And a what? And uh, just... What nose? A purple nose. Oh, purple nose. And eyes. So purple nose and eyes. Oh. So it's Sully from Monsters, Inc. I like the idea that it has, like, tiny wings that are, like, so small that they're, like, like, butterfly wings on this giant 15-foot-tall creature. Well, like,
0: in his perspective, he's a truck driver, right? So truck drivers, you're automatically, like, already up, like, nine feet. I
1: was gonna say, how high up does a trucker sit? Yeah. Is it like nine feet? It's got to be tall. It's, it's pretty tall. So is he like eye level with this creature as he barrels it down in a semi truck? No, because it's 15 feet. It's still taller than the truck. <laughs> How would you miss that? <laughs> <laughs> Another sighting happened in 2009. A group of hikers were making their way up Mount Shasta when they reported Shasta. seeing... <laughs> Sorry. When they reported seeing a flying humanoid creature with bat like features, they described the creature that they saw as a man as stocky as Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> Did he say, brother? Yeah, he must have. The basketballs just walked in and go, brother, 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 you better. <laughs> It had leathery wings, fifty feet from one end to the other, oh. in the face of a bat. Despite the conflicting details, both I, oh,
0: it didn't have like the 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 Fu Manchu mustache, he right? It
1: Definitely did. In in blonde, yeah, Bat Squatch had Hulk Hogan's hair and mustache. <laughs> yeah. He had a he had a blonde mullet. That's, That's why they it. reminded him of Hulk Hogan. Mustache. Despite conflicting details, both accounts have been added to the legends that Bat Squatch is. Real as proof, like this. this these are like he. Popular. It's Hulk Hogan just taking a hike, and you're like, that's fucking bad squash. <laughs> it's it's Hulk Hogan, and he decided to wear his blue fuzzy jacket and his back wing.
0: So eighties, his bat wing so backpack. Healthy.
1: As a person who watched the reality show, that feels so Hulk Hogan. (laughs) Maybe it is all just Hulk Hogan in the costume. Uh, Today, Batsquatch lives on through sections of the internet that still carefully catalog every whisper of flying monsters around the Pacific Northwest. Cryptozoologists still continue their research in the creature, but probably the most mainstream appearance and the most relevant to us. Okay. You ready? Yeah. The use of the creature can be found in Rogue Breweries IPA by the same name, Bat Squatch. On their website, they claim that they chose the name because all stories of Bat Squatch are a bit hazy on the detail. <gasps> oh, and what, and what better way to honor the legend of with a hazy IPA? I love that. I they sell this wa- beer at uh, they sell this beer at Total Wine. And I almost went and got it. Like I tried to go get it the other day and like we just, did, we ran out of time and I was going to bring it for the store. but <sighs> I think we should get it. I think we should get it. We should try it. And this brewery looks like they have more than one cryptid based like beer.
0: Well, when we open a store, we should also have a cryptid brewery.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, But that is it goes with the tavern
0: fee. Yeah. yeah. That's that's Bat Squatch. I love Bat Squatch. I love Hulk Hogan in a costume. (laughs) I love that he's Hulk Hogan now. (laughs)
1: I saw that description of him being Hulk Hogan. I was like, I have to add this. (laughs) That's just Hulk Hogan in a fur coat, you know? Like,
0: (laughs) it doesn't go with his colors, but he's just on a hike. He's just hiking. He's just living his
1: best life.
0: He is.
1: There we are. There there it is. And that's... Why we drink. Not our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> and that's how the cookie crumbles. Maybe not. And that's why... And that's... I don't go on trips.
0: And that's the end of this game show, What's That Cryptid? <laughs> do,
1: do, do, do. Oh, that's sounds- not... <laughs> That's That's definitely John Cena's music. We were talking about Hulk Hogan. I got distracted. <laughs> thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks. I'm sorry that it was my, my bad relate. But if you did still
0: enjoy this episode with the depressing and then the fun at the end of it, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. You can find us literally anywhere.
1: Literally anywhere. Except for YouTube. I'm working on that right now.
0: Uh, we're working on it.
1: We're still not recording like visual either, so no, but I'm gonna put the the recorded episodes up on YouTube too. Okay. So that we have all the audio on YouTube with just like a picture of our face, our logo. Should we just you can just
0: put a bunch of random selfies of both of us.
1: Cute. Like Cute. a like a photo montage. Yeah, a photo montage of us. <laughs> no one wants to watch that. <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, you can find us anywhere else, and I'm getting to YouTube. You can um, also locate all of our social media
0: and places you can listen to our podcast, and also our Patreon on our link tree at MFcast. Except our TikTok. Except our tip
1: t- TikTok because it doesn't work. I don't. I don't get it. It's. It's not. It's not connecting. Just search hashtag Marble Forest podcast on TikTok, and you'll find us. Yeah. And that is, that's it. Thanks to everyone. Thanks, Thank you for listening. Thanks, Jenna, for our podcast art logo. And Cameron for our music. Is that all of our things that we do at the end of the? episode? I don't episode? know. I feel like we're missing something. Oh, what we haven't been doing. You can email us your stories. Right. At marvelforestpodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear them. Literally anything. Do you have a cryptid story? Tell me about it. Did your grandma see a ghost I want to hear about it I want to hear about your grandma's ghost I want to hear about your grandma's ghost too I want to hear about the creepy things you see in your mirror you I don't actually want to hear about that but I do at the same actually time. I would love to hear about the creepy things you see in your mirror
0: because sometimes I see creepy things in my mirror
1: that's horrifying anyway more for later <laughs> thank you for joining us and don't tempt fate by thinking that bat
0: squatch is Hulk Hogan on a hike <laughs> Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye.